Welcome back to the next episode of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward. I am your esteemed host. I'm esteemed because uh, I don't know why. I just I'm, I just come up with words on a consistent basis. I got a great guest for you today. But before I get to that, I want to remind you that in October of 2021, just a few months ago, I wrote the High Five Effect and released it. It's how to do business with people who bring you joy. I hope that you'll check it out. You can check it out at highfiveeffect.com and get the book right from my website. You can also get it from Amazon in ebook format, paperback, but on my website uh, are some bonuses as well as the hardcover. So love to have you check that out. All the links are in the show notes. I look forward to hopefully getting a copy of that in your hands sometime soon. Now on to this week's uh, or today's guest. Our guest this today is Mike Salitro. Uh, Mike is a real estate attorney, a broker associate with Compass, and the founder of Accomplished RE. And for more than a decade, he's been working to solve complex problems, and he's played a key role in countless real estate transactions. With Accomplished RE serving as your outsourced COO, Mike's team provides clients with more and less. More listings, more clients, more profitability, more growth, more control, and ultimately more independence. And on the less side, it's less wasted time, less unnecessary work, less stress, and less redundancy. Now, here's the thing you don't know about Mike. He has no hobby because he has three kids and has no time for it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in today's episode. Are you ready? I bet you are. Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. What's up, Mike Salitro? How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. Two quick things. I find you esteemed, so you're okay defining yourself that way. And second, full disclosure, I have purchased your new book, but I've yet to read it. So please do not ask me any specific questions. I'm sure it's excellent, but I have yet to get into it. Mostly because right, well, I have page, no hobbies. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. But on page 98, we talk specifically. Oh, that's what okay. I was worried about. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you actually, um, were, were you, I don't recall because I, I interviewed so many people. Were you one of the people I interviewed for the book? Cause I, I interviewed not. 50 small I, business owners and, I think uh, you told me I was 54 or 55 in that list. 50. So I'm trying to crack that yeah. to the next one. Yeah. I, Cause I'm looking in the back of the index and I don't see Salitro in the index, which means there's not a, a page count. <laughs> to the, folks, this is what today's podcast is going to be like. Get ready for the ride. Uh, in, just so you can understand where Mike is coming from, Mike, in less than 30 seconds or so, share with our listening audience who's listening on their favorite podcast app or those watching on YouTube uh, what it is you actually do. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Uh, I am on lovely Cape Cod, Massachusetts. I do a few different things in real estate, but I'm, what I'm most excited about and what I like 
to help my clients out most is accomplished RE. What I do, I work closely with real estate agents on improving their already successful businesses. People looking to make things more efficient, get the grow at a quicker rate, or um, just haven't figured everything out and looking for support. So that's uh, that's kind of what I do. So uh, for those of us not in the world of real estate or working in the real world of real estate, pretty much, you're, I would consider that to be like a real estate coach of some sort. Uh, it is, but I found out over the last few years that I've do, done this that successful real estate people don't like the term coach. So I like to think of it as a strategist or a consultant because hmm. uh, perception and image is very important in real estate in a lot of fields. So um, it's it's good to have that. I, I am perfect uh, outside exterior. So Mike, when why, I'm, why do they not like the word coach? Uh, because it insinuates that they are need help, direction, or are weak in certain areas. A lot of times when I'm meeting someone for the first time, it's yeah. I sold X last year, or I already do this well. What do what are you going to teach me? Uh, so that that was learn that was a big lesson for me because coach is what I what I do. Um, but mostly mm-hmm. I try to position it as consulting when we're having those those conversations because. Uh, we deal with a lot of strategy as well, and sometimes yeah. it's easier to think of it that way. So let's let's delve into that because I, I and, and this is not going to be a podcast about what Mike actually does. But the reason I say I want to delve into that is because you learned that at some point you came into this thinking I'm a the vernacular is I'm a coach, and I've also learned over time that you know oftentimes consumers come to us in service based businesses. Um, not knowing really what they want, they they think they know what they want, but they don't they don't know and understand. And so, there's a there's a term or or a, a sentence that's often used in the speaking industry. It's sell them what they want, give them what they need. Um, when you know how quickly did you realize that the terminology of what you do wasn't working? Not very quickly. I work with a coach myself, which has been. I can't even quantify the value for me, but that's the exact phrase that he gave me. Give them what they want or sell them what they want, provide them what they need. And the need part is ultimately coaching. And they'll tell you, because a lot of it sometimes is just being, you know, listening to them because no one else has that, uh, does that for them. So Mm -hmm. it is coaching, but what they want is um, kind of that list of more things you read. I, I need more clients or I need more time off or I need to grow. Okay, so we can do those things. How can we get there? Well, we need a strategy. We need a plan. Let's mm. let's put that in place, or let's fix the one that you've got. How long have you had accomplished RE? When did you start the company or join the company? Uh, I started it almost four years ago, and mm. just kind of showing the evolution. My initial thought: I come from corporate America, where I was an internal consultant, and everything was face to face. I was you know flying around every week to different offices, and my my thought was: this has to be in person. This is not going to work virtually. There's no way that this kind of uh, one-on-one relationship could could exist over a Zoom call. Uh, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, that's not an option. And 99% of the things that we're doing in person does just fine virtually. So uh, it's been a, it's been it's been a evolutionary process for me. What do you think the biggest challenge? So first of all, the past past four years, about two of those have been during the pandemic, right? What do you think the biggest challenge for you has been in the past four years growing this business? 
So there, there's a couple. Um, for me, as you mentioned up top, I, I do a few things. Uh, I'm an attorney, so I do transactional work in Massachusetts. And I also work with a, a brokerage. So balance was the first thing that I had to really overcome or understand the challenge. Uh, so just making sure that I have the right amount of time resources for things that I want to do. And kind of the second piece of that is most times when I'm talking about that, I'll get a reaction of, well, how can you do those different things? What What is it that you do? Or um, you know, are you not good at anything? Is that why you're doing everything type thing? So then it's messaging and just making clear, here are my strengths. Here's how they work in all of these uh, different capacities. And here's how they work together. And that's the other thing that uh, I would say is was a real challenge that even if I put a certain amount of effort or energy in one of those or one of those, it may come back. It is a different opportunity or something I had not expected and i need to be smart enough and ready to say okay this is not the opportunity that i thought would present itself but i need to be able to take it run with it and, and go forward and uh mm -hmm. so not looking at them as you know kind of different ventures but all underneath the same same umbrella has really been a been helpful for me and kind of uh, moving forward well one thing i want to point out and you'll find this out when you read the book too but a lot of listeners probably aren't doing this yet in fact the majority of people i talk to aren't doing this yet is they don't have a target market and you have a target market. Everything you do is in real estate. It's with agents and brokers. And that's literally where you where you play. That's your sandbox. And too often, service-based businesses just aren't getting into a target market quick enough so that they become the go-to selection in that industry. Can you talk a little bit about how being in a target market like real estate has has been an, an advantage for you yeah um in most markets in most professions there's a vernacular there's things that you're only going to know by having firsthand experience and that's true in real estate specifically because you know there's different I've worked in residential, I've done commercial, I've been you know, the legal and the brokerage side. So I've seen deals come together that you didn't think would have any chance. I've seen you know things fall apart that looked pretty good. Um, and really the origin of my business was seeing the handoffs and where things fell apart and understanding that there's a client specific to each of these transactions who it's the most important thing going on for them and that they are often getting overlooked. So seeing you know A to Z, I saw that if I could work with real estate agents, I can really improve that client experience. So understanding you know, who your target market is uh, will best serve that, the end client, but it also gives you the experience to say, hey, when I had a similar experience, this is what happened. Here's a mistake I made. Here's how we can avoid it. Or I've worked with two, three, four colleagues in your specific geographic market who, who are dealing with something similar, here's the things that we've tried. Let's see if, if we can um, make it applicable to, to your situation. So understanding what they face day to day and what the overall uh, goals of their business are help if you have a little more focus. I think, so that's 100% true. And you started out that answer with the word vernacular, which is a, you know, the jargon within an industry matters a lot. And whether we like it or not, no matter what industry we're in, we know that when we're talking to prospects, one of the very first questions they're going to ask us is, have you ever worked with someone like me in this industry? When I was in the web world, that's the first thing they always ask. Have you ever done a website for a realtor? Have you ever done one for a broker? Like, and our answer was always no, but it translates. 
Oh, okay, of course it does. But it just showed that I don't have any expertise in that industry. And so we know that that question is going to be asked, yet we still resist going into that industry because we're so afraid that we're going to lose out on business. But it's never the case. It's just, it feels like we're going to. That's why people go into networking, Mike. I know you've been in networking groups where people literally say, anyone that has a spine is a good referral for me. A contractor said that once. I'm like, that's so gross. (laughs) You know, because like people outside your territory, if you're a chiropractor, it's not a good referral for you. People that don't have money, not a good referral. If you don't take insurance and they want to pay with insurance, it's not a good referral. So there's a lot of reasons why you have to know what you're asking for and be very specific. And when you're in a target market like that, you can have it really dialed in. And it's so, so great. Um, So that I see as one of your strengths. That's really, really good. What would you consider to be one of your weaknesses? Well, I've got a few to choose from here, but the one that I consider kind of my biggest is, or what I always keep front and center is that being being an attorney, I am very, um, you know, solution centric, A to Z, but not very, not overly creative when it comes to, uh, you know, logistics or, or problem solving. It's that uh, this is the most realistic, or this is the way that has worked in the past. We stick with precedent, go forward with it. So I try to be logical, reasonable, rational, and a lot of times that serves me well. But uh, sometimes there is take a step back, a bigger picture, a, a more creative, or a first-time one and only solution that could actually fit best. So I'm very lucky to be married to somebody who always sees the big picture. You know, details not always <laughs> important mm-hmm. or. Uh, so that really helps me say, well, what would it, what would Tony think about this, or how how would somebody not me who is analytical consider this um, situation moving forward? So it one it teaches me my limitations, but two, uh, just the idea that you can get so much value out of a group or multiple people by just hey, have you had this experience? What do you think? And having that exchange of information between perspectives, I mean, it's one of those things where you know you've got two people, but it's sometimes the value of having three different uh, individuals working on it. You can really multiply the the end result by having more minds, more voices, and then open openness to that feedback or to doing something a little differently. Speaking of multiple minds working on something, do you ever outsource to other people? Uh, that's something that I'm getting better with too, uh, mm-hmm. because you know I'm I'm a kind of a one man show with a lot of what I do. Uh, for Accomplished RE specifically. So a lot of the work is me. But uh, one of the first exercises I do with all of my clients, it's called the ladle activity. And it's got a silly name, but it helps me remember the order. What if, what's, the, what's the things you love about your business? What do you love to do? And then the A and the D are automate, delegate, and limit and eliminate. So things that you either can take off of your plate, put onto somebody else's, or really focus on things that you should be doing and how can we get more of that? Uh, so for me, I am always thinking about, you know, what what is the kind of result of what I'm doing from a time perspective, energy perspective, effort, and money. So if I'm spending more of those things than my results show, is it something I should be doing? Yes, I should still be doing it, but maybe somebody else should. Uh, so I challenge myself and my clients to always think about things in those terms because it's really easy for me to work with others, teach others about thinking those terms. 
And then for me to say, well, I don't need to do that. This is, you know, I'm an expert here. It's not important that I understand how many hours I'm spending on this or how much money I'm spending here and what the results are. Because that's that's really the biggest thing that I've learned, that people really like to have plans and strategies and they do them and that's it. They don't see how effective they were. They don't understand what the uh, the ROI was, the opportunity cost, things like that. So I challenge myself to, you know, I work all, with all my clients on thinking about those things. So I got to do it myself too. Yeah. I mean, I, it's such a challenge in business because no matter who you're working with, I hear that a lot. I say it a lot. You know, I help my clients do this and then I need to do this. You know, I said to somebody the other day, well, you got you to put those notes in your CRM. And I'm thinking, I haven't. I haven't put notes in my CRM lately. And I also know that there's certain things I'm not good at. And so I do a very good job of delegating those things. Right. Um, if you were to, um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with virtual assistants. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, remote help. Um, have you looked at using those folks? And if so, where would you, where would you look at hiring those people? Yeah, I've got um, a few because of my, kind of work in real estate, I work with a lot of people who either are utilizing virtual assistants or are interested. So I've got a few uh, kind of referral partners in that market, whether they are physically local, if you need somebody that you need, you need them in their office for at some point, they could do it, or you'll, you'll never meet this person, you know, usually when you're sleeping, they're awake type thing. Yeah. So I've seen both. Um, it's the best advice I've got is kind of having a rules of engagement and communication expectations all up front. Um, especially the further away you are from collaborating. So if you've got somebody in your office, you can kind of see, you know, this is the way our files are set up. This is the communication we expect, or you kind of have the ability to train. But if you never have the direct communication, it's all over email. I mean, you send emails, text to friends that you've known for 10, 20 years, and things get misunderstood. Mm -hmm. If you're sending somebody who doesn't do what you do, never spoken to you, and may even speak a different language, it's going to be highly unlikely, if not impossible, for them to get exactly what you're looking for. So you need to outline what you want with, because a lot of times there's um, an intermediary of some sort, who you're working with, what you expect, and then have check, again, go have check-ins. Like after the first week, after the first month, here's what I expect as far as deliverables, or mm -hmm. can we have you know, a role play, or listen in, if it's phone conversations, can is there ability to kind of test that out, see how it's working? Because mm -hmm. Uh, if they're making phone calls on your behalf, that's like you on the phone. So you want to yeah. make sure that you've hired somebody that will represent you well. It's not just, all right, these calls we made, check that box. It's much more important than that. Now, when you think about some of these things, how important is geographic location? Do you think it matters? I think it depends on, on the business. Uh, mm -hmm. I just so happen to be, uh, I met with a woman in my area last week who she is expanding her business because she does back office operations. And for those familiar with the Cape uh, and those are not, it is it is a market that does value face to face. So she's so she was telling me that a lot of her clients really value the opportunity for her to be on site for at least some of the time. Um, she's like, I have all of the technology to do everything I do there away from the office, but there is intrinsic value in uh, having a face to face at some point or at least the ability to do so should it come up. Um, so I think it's more business specific and geographic specific. I, yeah, I I understand that 99.9% of .9 things can be done virtually with technology, um, but there still is value to face-to-face -face in a lot of industries. I think when it comes to outsourcing and, and bringing on, um, you know, assistants who do tasks for you, one of my um, 
sort of mantras has always been trust but verify, which is this idea that you just really just let them, you know, you got to let them do the work. And then when you verify it, if it's not how you would want it done, then you, you just correct at that point. And it's just going to get better over time. I also see so many small business owners not try to use virtual assistants because they're, they have this thought process that no one's going to do it as well as I can. And that's true, but also that's where sales struggle is because we're doing the work. Not we're working in the business, not on the business, which is the whole book around the e-myth, you know, with Michael Gerber. And uh, we'll make sure we put a link in the in the show notes regarding um, the e-myth with with Michael Gerber. It's a book I read early on when I had my digital marketing agency, and it changed the game, you know, around thinking about working on the business versus in the business, uh, which just takes so much time away. And, you know, you chase the sale, you make the sale, you work the sale, then you chase another sale. And there's this whole roller coaster effect with the business and trying to get people to really keep that hamster wheel going in sales and relationship stuff is, is something that I think they need to pay attention to. And they just don't outsource enough uh, to achieve that, you know? Yeah, no, and you said a lot of great stuff there. I would starting starting with the trust, but verify. Like that's wonderful advice. And then into Gerber, uh, I had the same reaction that most of my clients do when we talk about it. That your role should be to eliminate yourself from your business. Think of it as a franchise that you should look to be able to have it. Where his term turnkey to have it for somebody else to come in and run it without you, uh, and then. My reaction to that was, and most of my clients like, well, I like what I do. I, I, I don't want to give it away. It's like, that's not actually the point. The point is that you can, you can happily do that, but your goal should be to eliminate. If you need to eliminate yourself, how can it be done? And his, another thing I've learned, people don't want to talk about systems or process. Oh, that's mm -hmm. what they need. Um, Cause that's how I originally said, you know, don't stress over your next deal, systems and process to help you uh, deliver that client experience. And Everyone I talk to, all the feedback, that's terrible. I don't, but that's that's what I do. And that's that's kind of what Gerber talks about is the ability to have the infrastructure in place to understand the different roles, specifically working in versus on your business. And that, that's yeah. been uh, that's been an evolution for me. And that's something I talk about all the time. Yeah, I mean, most business owners don't realize that when they step away from the business, the business actually makes more money because we're micromanagers and we're holding people back from doing the jobs in which we hired them to do, or we outsource things to them. And I think that's a big realization that a lot of people need to do. And so just to, what I would recommend people do just to start the outsourcing process is to actually just outsource one small thing. And I'm not suggesting you outsource your email inbox, but I'm just saying maybe it's your email marketing. Maybe it's a piece of your social media. Maybe it's some graphics, maybe it's some, some flyers or promotional stuff that somebody else can handle. Um, and you're, you're probably thinking, but wait, I do that on Canva or I do it on Fiverr. Well, yeah, you do, but it takes up a lot of time. And if you can get somebody to just do that on a consistent basis, that's, it's, it's a game changer for a business. So, um, and, and one, you know, one of the best books I think I ever read was Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited, which, which really digs into a lot of that stuff. They, there's this idea that you have a, um, organizational chart. And you, you put the name of the person that does every job on the organizational chart. So t typically, when you draw it out on the very first day, it's your name in every box. 
And then he talks about replacing your name in each box over time. And I effectively did that, which is how I sold my agency for seven figures because nobody would buy it for that if I was the business, you know, and I think people don't realize that. In fact, I had bought four other companies and rolled them into that agency and not one of them could survive without the owner being there. So I had, I basically just bought the clients, you know, and, and that was so bizarre. I think that the people just didn't think about it like that. And I think they go at it from the approach that like, but I like my job. I like my job. I'm not going anywhere. And I love your comment. Well, but that's not the point. That's not what this is about. This is about, again, they don't want to hear it. It's about systems and process. But um, one of the things I like to always ask our guests when they come on the podcast is software. You know, we talked about system and process here, not relative to your industry or the industry you work in, but what, what software would be a game changer for other small business owners? Yeah, I've heard you ask this and I thought about it and I've gone back and forth and I'm going to simplify my answer and I hope you don't beat me up too much on it. But um, my brokerage specifically, we use the Google suite of tools, starting with yeah. our email and everything that Google offers. Yeah. And why I think that's important and why I've decided to use that as my example is the way that they, it speaks to, to each other, the way that it integrates and the way that it allows you to build it out as in-depth or it gives you the freedom to kind of use it as much as you want. Um, there's a CRM, there's there's docs, there's, there's everything there. Uh, so I get to see this gamut of uh, people who love tech from automating everything and having all it to uh, you know, I still take handwritten notes on everything and I've got a big file in the back. Mm -hmm. So what I like about the Google suite is that you can learn it in 20 minutes, but you'll never, you'll never learn everything about everything they have to offer because it's just so much and there's yeah. just so much available. So I'm not going to beat you up over that because I'm a big Google suite user myself. I love it. I am going to dig a little bit deeper. What do you mean they have a CRM? Well, they have what they call Google streak and it's definitely not the most in-depth CRM. There's plenty of other options out there that if you've got certain businesses where you need um, more monitoring or you need more automated touches built in that, that will provide it for you. Mm. But the way that it syncs with your calendar, with your email, and the ability to, again, use the, the spreadsheets and docs uh, from there, it, it gives you an option at no or very low cost to at least get started, to try it, to say, okay, I see the value in this, or I'm putting putting notes in here, I'm writing books after every conversation, and I never look at them, or here's the fields that are important. So when I do go buy um, Salesforce or, or you know get a HubSpot, I, I know what I want it to be able to do. So you can try it, you probably won't break it, and it's very low to no cost. That's cool. I learned something new myself today. So that's a, that's exciting. Um, next question I always like to ask uh, guests that come on the show, which sounds like you're prepped for it, ready to go, is what business book would you recommend that other small business owners read or listen to to get some business growth? Now you've already stepped on my answer with Gerber, and I'll tell you why I was gonna I was gonna say that he's my answer because over the last year and a half. I found out, and so here my plug will be for uh, the Hoopla and the Libby apps. Uh, if you have a library card, those apps give you access to digital books and to audiobooks specifically, pretty much of your entire library's catalog. 
So this year, and this is not a humble brag by any means, I think I've closed like 50 books that I've just listened to through the apps that so I have let not. Me, let me just stop you right there. So because I know you're moving fast and a lot of people are probably going to miss this golden nugget. So let's clarify. What is Libby? Uh, there's two apps. So Libby and Hoopla, if you can put them into your uh, the app store, they'll pop up. And you put they ask you for your library card. And it links to your library. So you need to have a library card in your local town first. Exactly. You load your library card into these apps. And they give you access to the entire library that you're a member of through your Plus library card. Plus hundreds of others. Plus hundreds of others. At which point you can then listen and check out all these books, audio books. So can you also check out uh, e-books e on there too? You can. And so you listen to how many? I, I'm close to 50 for the year. Wow. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question. And again, this is not a, the reason why, and this is a mistake I've made, is that probably 99%, if not 100% of these business books are excellent and give good advice that if you just take action on what they tell you, you will have a successful outcome. The trap that I fall into, and many do, is that looking for that next book, that next thing, and keep going, mm -hmm. and just just keep reading these books as opposed to, I'm going to take this book, I'm going to do what it tells me, and I'm going to see what happens. So Gerber is the person that I've decided mm -hmm. I'm going to hold. This is the best thing I've read in you know my 20 plus years of uh, work, and I'm going to stick with this. So that's who so I Mike, recommend. I love that, right? So I implemented Gerber, Gerber in the agency, and it worked very effectively. And then the next book I actually implemented, I read a bunch, just like you're talking about, but the next one I actually implemented was Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I did that. I read it in 16, implemented it in 17, and sold the agency in 2018. And I made the most profit I had ever made in the agency's history in 2017. So it is 100% about execution. And I'll never forget, I think it was a blog I read, maybe it was a social post from Larry Wingate, and he said the idea of reading a business book isn't to implement everything in a book that you get. It's the idea is to implement one thing in the book, get that implemented, taking the action, and then come back, perhaps read the book a second time for another idea that you get out of the book. Um, in Gerber's book, there are some tactical things that you can do that help you move you along. But the number one concept of the book is to work on the business, not in the business, which is a mindset more than an actual tactic, so to speak. Um, because he doesn't say, okay, on Monday, come in and do this, this, and this, right? And in Profit First, Mike Michalowicz not only gives you the overview of what you, he feels like you should do as a business owner to think about taking profit out of the business first, but he then gives you the tactics. Okay, set up these bank accounts. Now, every quarter, do this. Every week, do this. And so he gives you the real tactics. And so every business book is different, but um, sometimes you'll have to read them a couple times. Uh, and sometimes I listen to a book and read it at the same time, like have it in my hands. Because I will comprehend that information even better that way. So, yeah, great. I mean, I love it. E-book. E I mean, the E-Myth, revisited by Michael Gerber. So... There it is. Didn't mean to step on your toes early in the podcast, but <laughs> that's what happens when you talk to a systems and process guy, right? True. Is that very stuff true. comes right out at the very beginning. Love it.
Um, if you, uh, anybody listening on their favorite podcast app or watching on YouTube want to get in touch with you for either A, networking, because I know you're awesome at that, or B, they want to talk to you about systems or process, so they want to learn more about Accomplished RE, how are they going to get in touch with you, Mike? Well, thank you for asking, Matt. And I will just say, anybody who's still listening to the two of us now, thank you very much. And in, as a as a gift for that, I'm going to include a link here uh, to my calendar for the opportunity to have either kind of a one-on-one discussion about your business, or there's a couple uh, group seminars that I've started doing that, yeah, and I'll do a special link. Anybody who signs up, completely complimentary, just a good way to kind of get introduced to some of these ideas, see if it's a good fit for your business. And while it is real estate uh, centric, a lot of the work that I do, it is applicable to businesses and other areas. So if you're thinking, I'm not in real estate, you know, a conversation might be something that uh, would be helpful for something else in your business. So please check that out. Uh, sign up there. I'm also available at accomplishedre.com and you can find me on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest place. Awesome. So we'll make sure we put all those show notes in there. I mean, all those links in the show notes so that you guys have access to them. So if you're on, uh, you know, your favorite podcast app, just make sure you look at the show notes on your app. Also in the description here on YouTube, uh, if you're viewing it on YouTube. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I, I loved having you on. A great conversation. I could talk about systems and process all friggin' day. I love it. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. Thanks for coming on again. Um, to all those out there uh, who are listening on the Favorite Podcast app, make sure that you subscribe. You know how to do that. I know you want to. I know you want to give this five-star rating for Mike Salitro. I know. He, he, he wants that too. If you're on YouTube... Come on, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, click the notification button. Actually, no, smash it because we need some more subscribers. And until next time, don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. I'm waking up this morning. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word of mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. I'm feeling all right.